0: Thanks, Fred. So next week, when we look at chapter 21, I'll probably say that, that that's the best, you know, and that's the way it should be. Every time we pick up God's Word, that should be the best verse we're ever going to read. I'm telling you, it, it's, it's amazing that we saw last week where Abraham is told in Genesis 15.1, don't be afraid, I'm with you. You know, you're going to be um, more powerful than you can ever imagine, and we... We see um, Abraham's response. Yeah, that's that's good. That's really good. But I don't have anybody to leave my stuff with. I don't have a child. I don't have an heir. And uh, God said, "Don't worry, don't worry. You're going to have one." And um, uh, we read in chapter 15, verse last week, in verse 6, chapter 15, verse 6, where Abraham believed God. And because of that belief, God accounted to him uh, to be a righteous person. And we learned last week that if we want to become one of those righteous people, we need to have a pattern of belief in our lives that would help us in our unbelief. And it's going to continue on today. We, We learned that we have to have a pattern of worship and be that people who worship God in every aspect of our lives. And we learned that it takes perseverance. Um, Something that we all have. None of us are impatient, right? Thank you. I have all the patience in the world. Except for Ups. Ups said they would bring that on Thursday and I didn't get here until Thursday night. They didn't tell me it was Thursday night. I had to wait stinking all day. We learned that he was a man of faith, but he wasn't such a person of wisdom, was he? Abraham, uh, throughout his life, I tried to share with you last week that, that um, um, God doesn't uh, give us perfect people. He gives us people just like us, and Abraham is just like us, not the perfect spouse, not the perfect father, not the perfect mother. Everything that he did, he messed up somehow. And even today now, we hear that that uh, um, Abraham said, yeah, I believe, but I have plan B in case you don't come through. (laughs) And they used Hagar. If you remember, they used Hagar and had Ishmael as um, um, uh, what they thought would be um, uh, the heir to everything. Now, that might sound really strange to us, but it's not back in that day. If you had somebody that was not... uh, was childless and they needed to have a child, you'd use somebody real close to you, take them and, and they'd have a child and it'd be just like your child is and, and their concept of things, okay? So this wasn't really that bad of an idea, but it's the fact that they just didn't trust God too much. They believed him, but they were getting older and older and older and and older and sometime around... 2067 sarah gave birth to a child okay and it's um kind of a strange thing that they had given this child because today's story is about the reaffirmation of that promise and um and uh, it comes in a strange way Abram is sitting at his tent. It's in the middle of the day. It's probably hot as all get out. And these three people appear in front of him. Walkers. Um, And right away, the Bible wants us to know that one of them is Jesus. Theopenny, it's called. It's called Theopenny. It means um, God appears. And it happens a lot in the Old Testament. Theopenny statements. Abram did what he was supposed to do. If you read the text real close, he, he, he um, uh, said to them, you know, stay around. I'll wash your feet. I'll take care of you. Here's this guy of immense power already. He is of immense power, wealth. Uh, he doesn't walk around feeding people, cleaning their feet. But he says, here, I'll get you some water. I'll do everything you need for you. Sit down under the tree. Let's take a break. We'll have a meal together. Now, I don't know about you, but when Philistine prepares a meal, it doesn't take just like 15, 20 minutes. Amen? Well, if you listen to the story, he had to go get a calf and kill it. I don't know about you, but in Haiti, when when we saw a goat, when we would go buy a goat that was just killed, we didn't buy it that day. You know what I mean? They would take a goat in the market, and throw it up on a fence. The dead goat, the, the, the meat and everything, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about, flayed open. And they would throw it up on a fence. It only got up to like 90 in the afternoons. Well, our missionary would never buy that the first day. She would wait till the fourth day. Can you imagine? The fourth day she would say, okay, let's get some goat meat. And we would stop at that goat that we'd been passing by and seeing all the stuff growing off of it and, and everything. And, and it was really good, though, when she cooked it. <laughs> of course, we'd all get sick, but that doesn't matter, you know. But, but what I'm trying to say to you is it's not, this is not a simple thing that Abram offers to do. This is an in-depth thing. And as they're doing it, the Lord looks at the... Abram, not David, Abram, and says, uh, Where's your wife at? Oh, she's in the tent, he says. And then we come to this text today. The Lord said, I will certainly come back to you in about a year's time. And then your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent behind them. You see it? Abraham and Sarah, very graciously, it says it, are are old and getting on in years. They're not old, they're stinking old. You know? And Sarah had passed that time of having a child. In other words, physiology, she couldn't have a baby, okay? So she laughed to herself I'm telling you, this is not good. She laughed to herself. After I have been shriveled up, she says, now my Lord, and she's talking about Abram, is way too old. How will I delight in having a baby? I, I want to tell you, friends, these weren't words of hope. Words, uh, uh, they were more like words of sarcasm. Amen? Amen. <laughs> It's the Hebrew equivalent of what she said was, um, "Yeah, right. I'm sure that's going to happen." You know, well, you'd say that yourself. You know, even when you're 60, let alone 99. You know, 90. Um, but God spoke to Abraham again, uh, uh, and and said, "Well, why did why did Sarah why did Sarah just laugh, Saying, can I really have a baby when I'm so old? Is is anything.'" impossible for the Lord? Isn't that a great question? At the appointed time, I will come back to you and it'll, it'll be about in a year and she will have a son. The Lord asked her, why did you laugh? And she said, I did not laugh because she was afraid. But the Lord looked at her and said, yeah, I'm sorry. You did. Eh? My friends, this is God's word for all of his people. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time when we can read about one of your great stories um, that share with us some amazing truths. And we pray that we would have ears that would hear and hearts that would respond. Be with us in this time, we pray. And may your servant's words be nothing more than yours. We pray this in your son's name today. Amen. So Abraham became a father of a great nation. Not only that, he became the patriarch of the world's great three um, major religions and through everything. Just like Abraham, I think as we talk about this, you and I are on the receiving end of um, the exceedingly great promises that God wants for us. Do you know what this exceedingly great promise is that God wants for you and I? He wants us to have... The desire of our hearts. Did you know that? He, wa- he wants us. When we accept him as our Savior and Lord. He wants us then to know. That we can have the desires of our hearts. But we know. We know in our lifetime. And in our span. And everything that's going on. That um, it's just not going to happen. Sometimes things just are, are not going to happen. At least in the way we would hope. That God would bless us. And um, would encourage us. Uh, or that it's not going to happen at all. And we get to that point where that happens. Isn't that true with us? Um, today's story, I want you to know has something to teach us about how how to get in step with the promises that God has given you. Given you. Um, there are many truths in this in this whole Genesis um Stories of Abraham and and Sarah and and the Hebrew nation, but I just want to share three of them with you this morning, just kind of quickly, okay? Um, Isn't it funny? Isn't that funny? See, my doctor always likes my eye contact. Uh, Whenever I come to her office, she always gets all the interns and tells them to come watch my eyes because it does straight, you know, when I'm looking at you, it doesn't look like I'm looking at you. Did you ever notice that? (laughs) You didn't? Yeah, sometimes I'll be looking at you, Terry, and people in the back are saying, Are you looking at me? No. (laughs) So, uh, things distract you, you know. And I don't know about you, but I'm standing here, and I can see what's going on over there. See? (laughs) It just takes your mind off of things for a moment, doesn't it? But it's all okay. It'll be okay. (laughs) Um, Here's the first thing, the truth that I want us to grab a hold of today. And, and um, grab, we need to grab a hold of this not only in Abraham's life but our life as individuals and our life as a church. okay Here it is, the first one: um, the promises that God gives us never changes. we change, but the promises God gives us never changes um, and, and um, if you listen to verse chapter 15, verse six, um, he believed he believed God, but It's that thing of, oh, help me in my unbelief. Because he believed God, but in his mind he had plan B all the time. I will trust God, but in case he doesn't come through, I'm going to implement plan B. Get me Hagar, you know? And we do the same thing, friends. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We do the same thing um, uh, because we think that God's not doing it in our time the way that we want it, the way that it should be. But God's plan was to give Abraham a son from the very beginning. And he thought, Abraham thought he had to help God. And we sometimes think that we have to help God. It's, um, um, it's really strange when I, what I'm talking about is the kind of promises that he promises us in God's word. Um, he promises uh, us that great Christian life. When we turn our lives over to Christ, everything's going to be better. Well, it is, but it's also going to be worse because of our trust in him. Uh, He promises us to have an abundant life in John 10.10. You know, he promises uh, that he will answer our prayers. I still have a couple. Does anybody else have a couple that aren't answered? I don't think he's going to answer them, I'm sure. So I'm going to take it into my, you know. He promises us peace in our heart. It just seems to dissipate too often. Promises of joy, of blessing, of victory, promises of freedom. Those things that I'm talking about as we walk in our faith towards Christ. Um, And many more promises than that. But they have, it seems like they've faded into oblivion and the promises aren't there. But I want you to know they've not changed. God has still had them. And so if that's true, then we say, well, it's my fault. It's my fault that these things aren't happening in my life because I've had too many mistakes in my life. Anybody had those? I have had maybe one or two. Hundred thousand. <laughs> you know, I've had too many, like Abraham, poor choices in life. I've had too many. I've made too many bad decisions, and whatever else, whatever euphemism you want to talk about. Of um, you see that's all that catwalk. <laughs> no, I didn't miss it. Doggone it. Uh, of of about sin, whatever sin is separating us from God, we believe that that is causing us to have problems. But I want you to know, I want you to know today that God's promises never change. They're there eternally. They're there for for us. Um, we may change always. I want to say that again. But um, God doesn't change. And that's the message that if you hear anything today, God's promise is with us. In other words, what I'm saying to you in, in a short statement is this. You, there is nothing that we can do, individually or as a church, there's nothing we can do that would take God's love from us and those promises. Not a thing. There's nothing we can do. He loved us so much that he did what? Gave his son, you know, and he's not going to take that back. He loves us completely. There's nothing we can do to cause God to love us any less than there's. the other side of that is. There's nothing we can do to cause God to love us any more than he does. The promise, I need you to hear it today. The promises that God has given you is still intact. The promises never change. Well, if that's true, then the second thing is important for us. If we change, then we need to come clean. We need to come clean with whatever is standing in the way of God's promises coming to us. I had a real hard time putting that down. But I think it has everything to do with it. We know that God's promises are sure. Then we must be the culprit, and we are... That is standing in the way of God's promises. Now, let me try to explain that to you. As we all know, at 90 years old, that's way too old. I think menopause has already happened. I'm not real sure. Even back then, you know, her body physically um, wasn't apt to having a baby. And Abram wasn't apt, I suppose, to do anything neither. I don't know. But I think more important than the physical part was their attitude. Her attitude and even Abraham's attitude. I could have a baby, but you know who I'm married to. You know? They're not able to do anything and it's their fault. And of course we're blaming everybody else. It was her incredible attitude Disbelief that caused her to laugh and marked her with that cynicism and sarcasm that she came out with. Sure, that'll be a day when I see I'm pregnant. Abraham and Sarah were united together that they weren't going to have a baby. That's why they went ahead with plan B. We get to the same point. We get to the same point in our lives and everything that we're doing and say, okay, uh, I, I'm not going to be that person who experiences financial security. I'm just not going to ever have that. I'm not going to have that marriage that is so blessed that everybody like would like to have. Um, I'm not going to be able to one day... Um, find uh, peace and and get victory over that little gnawing sin that is in my life. Um, if you 're looking for a job promotion, you know it probably won 't happen to me because it just won't just won 't happen and then worst of all, God promises to have give us good health no matter what. And we say to God, no, it's not going to happen. I will never become that healthy person. That healthy person. You know, I had this dear friend of mine. His name was Bob. And every time I saw Bob, he was in Altman Hospital. Altman Hospital. And Bob was in tremendous shape. And I'd see him in Altman Hospital two or three times a year. And, uh, And I thought the whole time that I was talking to him for many, many years, he was in such good shape, he looked like a golfer who had been walking, you know, five, six miles every day, golfing. He said, no, I have never played a game of sports in my life. And I said, well, why are you in here? And he says, I don't know. He says, I'm just going to quit going to the doctor. Because every time I go, they tell me I'm sick. And they put me in the hospital. And and you know what he did? He quit going to the doctor. He, He said, that's it. I'm not going back anymore. Changed everything in his life. He got sick and died. What they were doing was keeping him alive, but he didn't want to have anything to do with it. I think that's our problem. Our attitude when we get, when we get sick, we say, God, I need healing, I need it right now, it doesn't happen right now. You know, maybe we get a, a mental healing or a spiritual healing, but the physical healing doesn't happen, so kiss off, I'll do it my own way. That's what we say. And, and you know, if, you, if you've ever seen a patient... You nurses, uh, have, if you've ever seen a patient that doesn't really think they're going to get better, they're in a lot of trouble, aren't they? Our mental state of how we feel and what's going to happen in our lives means an awful lot to our physical healing, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I mean, we're just like, uh, I hate to say it, but we are a people just like uh, Sarah, and we laugh behind the curtain. And say no, it's not going to happen. It's not only out of the question for me, but <laughs> so Phyllis Ann, you know, has high blood pressure and a lot of struggles with it and everything. And she goes to this same doctor for many, many years. And um, one day, the doctor just looked at her, and she had become her friend, you know. And there was always at least one or two nurses in the in the room with her, and um, and. Um, the doctor looked at her and said, uh, "Phil is saying, you know, I'm trying to get this blood pressure down. Are you living under any stress at all?" <laughs> well, that's what the nurses did. The two nurses started laughing. And uh, yeah, they did. They started laughing, and they looked at the doctor uh, and said to her, she said, uh, they said to her, "She said, "Don't you know who he's married to?" "I'm concerned." I am high maintenance, I have to admit it, and I cause Phyllis Ann a lot of anxiety. And I always ask her if I'm giving her high blood pressure, and she says no, but I know I am. You know? Uh, and and she's stuck with me. So she'll probably have high blood pressure all of her life. But it's, uh, it's curable, isn't it? it, it she, we're living with it, and she's doing good with it because of her mentality. It's not going to get her down. It's not going to... doesn't matter. God's taking care of it with this medicine. Praise God for that. And I've calmed down a whole lot and, and things in life are good. My point is this. We don't want to be an ob- obstacle to God's grace. Um, uh, we say we're not. And God says, yes, you are. <laughs> we don't want to question God's promises. And we say we don't. But God says, yes, you do. You know? And we don't want to uh, have anything uh, that would limit God's power in our life. And we say we don't. But behind the curtain, God says, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, We say we don't, but our actions say that we do. Mm. The promise never changes. We need to own up to our own unbelief. And then let me give you this last one. Um, We need to begin taking action that is consistent with the promises God has given us. God promised them they'd have a son so after those visitors left guess what happened they went on a beach run and had a romantic evening that's the only thing I can think of I can see Phyllis Ann saying now if I said come on honey let's go have a romantic even, evening she'd say, she'd say get over there on that porch and sit down and shut up but obviously something happened because a year later the angel comes and the lord comes and there's this child. Well, when I say to you we need to get in to being consistent with the promises God has in our lives. I'm talking about our daily actions. We need to be consistent with fulfilling God's promises in our lives. It's difficult, friends. It's not easy. Listen, um, it's really strange, isn't it? If you read chapters 18 and 19, I would encourage you to go home and read them. And, um, and you'll find that these visitors that stop at Abraham's tent are going to visit two people. They're going there to visit Abraham personally, to reaffirm the promise And then they're going to see Lot. Okay? Now think about the dichotomy there. The juxtaposition of everything that's happening is just unbelievable. Look at how he gets greeted with Abraham. Let's have a big dinner. And then look at the opposite way he gets greeted with Lot. And boy, we could spend a whole summer on that. They went to abuse them sexually and do all kinds of bad things with them but for Lot. I'll tell you no matter how crazy Abraham was I think I'm going to say this gracefully I think the way and the reason he was considered righteous was because of his faithfulness to be a servant of God did you all hear that you and I need to be faithful in our servanthood to God in other words Abraham did everything that he could do probably I don't know if he killed the calf I don't know if he butchered the calf I don't know what he did But he put it all together, and all he did was say, come, sit down. And if you listen to it real closely, he says, I will wash your feet. I'll give you something to drink, and you won't be hungry when you leave here. See the difference? Abraham becomes this child of the king. Stars. Don't even add up to all the children of him. Stars don't even add up to all the blessings. Stars don't even add up to all that God has to offer him. Simply because he is a servant of God. You and I need to grab a hold of that. We need to grab a hold of that. Because God says he opposes the proud. Opposes the proud but finds hum a favor to those that are humble. And I think that's what uh, Abraham was. Uh, James tells us. That we should humble ourselves before the Lord. And he'll lift us up. You know what lift us up means? He'll give us the promises. We'll see them. We'll see them because we're looking for them. Our attitudes and how we walk our daily life. Tells everyone a spiritual truth. About who we are in Christ. Now. Let me, let me just make this finishing thought. Because, you know, Sarah wasn't the only one that, didn't, that laughed. You know that. If you go back to chapter 17, you'll see um, Abraham laughed so much that he got sick. It fell over, probably threw up. He's just chuckling at the fact that he could have a baby. Oh, sure, that's going to happen. you know. And got all excited about it and started laughing about it. And, and it says he laughed unceasingly. Sarah laughed, and then she had the terrible plight that all of us do. This is the, what I'm talking about our life, walking in the way that we believe. She said, no, I didn't laugh. As if to say to God, I can get over on you. But she didn't know, I guess, that God's omniscient power was that he knows everything. Amen. And the key verse today is, is uh, in verse 14. Is, it, is there anything that's really too hard for God? And if we listen to that closely, what God is saying um, beyond our imagination, that he has power, his grace is much more. It's called omnipotence. His grace is much more powerful than we can ever understand, that he can give us things and bless us ways that we can't begin to imagine if we just would face up so what we're holding, what's holding us back to believe that promise and then start living our lives like the promise is true and it's a difficult thing to believe, to worship and to persevere amen let's go to the throne together, let's pray God as we finish up here this morning whether we're sitting at home in the parking lot or here in the FLC, we need your truths to be alive in our lives. Help us from this time on to believe that the promise, even these 4,000 years later, hasn't changed. And you've given us so many more new promises filled with grace and mercy and love. Get us back on track as our prayer, Lord, and help us, help us in our unbelief Whatever it may be, help us to believe that you are greater than our unbelief. Lord, we pray. We pray that our walk in this world would change. And we would be like Abraham and be that servant to everyone you send our way. Instill in our hearts that if we really want to be blessed today, we need to be a blessing. We pray this in your son's name today and for his glory. And all of God's children said...